one of the things I really want to talk about is Garrett Morgan. Now, he was born in 1877 in Paris, Kentucky, and he did not, he did not receive a formal education, if you will, when he was with his parents beyond a, a couple-year period of time where he was able to get some education. But what he did was he hired a tutor for himself after he left his parents' home, and that was really a way that he was able to bone up and get more education on his own, and it was an example, really, of the kind of ingenuity that he had and what he would display later on in his life. Now, he eventually moved to Cleveland, Ohio in 1895, and there he really made his mark. He became an entrepreneur. He became an inventor, which is what we all remember him for. He was a founder of a local newspaper. He was actually a community leader. He did a lot in Cleveland, Ohio, in that community and, and, and at that time. So it was around 1895 when he moved there. When he moved to Cleveland, Ohio, he got a job as a machinist in a textile factory. And he and his wife then began to open up a company, a shirtwaist company, and that was a type of style of women's clothing that was really popular at the time. It was like a long shirt, if you will, that women wore. So he, he took the information and what he learned at his job as a text, at a textile factory and then turned that into a business, he and his wife, and, and opening up and selling shirtwaist, women's clothing, to women. Now, not only that, what he did was he then started and established the Cleveland Call which was an African-American newspaper that was there in Cleveland. And what he was able to do then was to take some of the other products that he had, like a straightening comb and hair care products, and advertise that in the Cleveland Call. So it gives you an idea of, of the, the kind of entrepreneur he was. He was thinking about business things and how he could service the community and sell to the community through various aspects, either his straightening comb or his company or starting a newspaper. And he kind of put those things all together in his business approach. Now, what, what he's most famous for and what we all know him for was his contribution in terms of traffic signals and lights, if you will. And in 1923, he got a patent for a traffic signal. And one of the things he noticed at the time was that traffic signals really had only two things. They were stop or go. They had a stop signal and a go signal. And he watched as traffic would come to intersections, four-way intersections, and cars would either have to immediately stop or immediately go. And as you can imagine, there would be crashes, you might have crashes, and a number of things that would happen with respect to that, that he really felt like this is just inefficient. So what he did, he was able to develop a device was a T-shaped device, if you will, and it had two things in it. One was a stop signal and one was a go signal, but he also put a third signal into his device that stopped traffic in all directions. And essentially what that did was it made it much safer for people to stop, get their bearings, and proceed through traffic signals in a safe manner. Now what this was, this was actually kind of the forerunner of our modern-day yellow light system. And so this was what it was, why it was such an advance in terms of traffic signal and traffic flow and, in, and, general, and actually, he sold his patent to General Electric for about $40,000. He sold his invention. Now, now, he didn't just stop there. He was a brave man and a hero. And as you might know, back in 1912, he invented and patented the, the gas mask. Now, the gas mask was an important invention by all, all standards. What it really did is it helped fire departments. It helped soldiers during World War I. And actually, the U.S. The department, the U.S. military, if you will, used his gas mask to protect soldiers from chlorine fumes during World War I. So this was a major advancement for, um, for soldiers and for firefighters or rescue workers who had to be in very dangerous situations where their lives were at risk, and they could now use this, this invention that Garrett Morgan developed to protect them. Now, what happened in July of 1916 in Cleveland, Ohio, there under Lake Erie, there were workers digging in a tunnel, and they were working on a project to try to improve the city's water system when they hit a natural gas area. 
And then an explosion took place and all the men's lives were in danger. The authorities showed up on the scene. They got there. They got rescuers and they sent in 10 rescuers to try to go in and get the men out of the tunnel. Unfortunately, none of them came back, neither the, the men nor the rescuers. The Cuban police finally called in Garrett Morgan, along with his gas mask and other people, and asked him to come help to see if he can rescue people inside this tunnel. Garrett came with his brother Frank and at least two other men, and they all had on the gas mask, and they went into this tunnel, which was filled with natural gas. Garrett Morgan himself, Morgan was able to pull out at least two men alive from this tunnel when no one else was able to get to them or get to them alive. And at least four other men were pulled out, four of the bodies were pulled out from this tunnel. And this was an amazing thing. And, and let's just stop and think about it for a minute. Here was a man who invented a gas mask in 1912, and, and it was a, a, a very important invention that was being used by firefighters and by soldiers, as I mentioned, during World War I. But now he was being asked himself to go into a tunnel that was filled with gas and help pull out workers, men who were trapped in there with their lives on the line. This must have been a, a heroic and a, and a harrowing thing for him to do. And I imagine he must have been scared, but he showed up on the scene. And, and it's not like, you know, you're just, you're just talking about something and you have an invention that you make and you, somebody else uses it. But now you're being asked to actually step up, go in yourself and walk into a tunnel and pull people out whose lives are, are at stake and are in danger. So I think this was very, a very heroic thing, obviously, and an example of the kinds of things our ancestors did, people did when they showed up on the scene, when they were being called upon to do something to save people's lives, even though no matter the fact that they may or may not have been treated well in their society, they may or may not get recognition for what they did, but they showed up on the scene, he showed up on the scene, and he did what he could do to get the job done. And I'm sure those miners, those two miners who were pulled out alive, were very grateful and thankful for what he did. And later on, there was a, a, a Carnegie Hero Fund Commission, if you will, that investigated the rescue, and they awarded funds to people who were involved in rescuing some of the workers. Unfortunately, Morgan got none of the funds. In addition, after that, the city council drew up a resolution to try to recognize him with at least $2,000 for his heroic efforts. But there again, some other people stopped it, and Garrett Morgan got no recognition for that. Finally, however, a group of citizens presented Morgan with a diamond-studded medal and, and, and a reward for his efforts. And the International Association of Fire Chiefs and the Cleveland Association of Colored Men gave him recognition for his heroism. Now, this is just an example of the kinds of things that people did many times without a lot of recognition. And he showed up on the scene in a situation where a tunnel was filled with natural gas and nobody was able to get these people. Nobody else was able to get them. And he went in there like a hero and pulled them out. This is just a kind of example of some of the things that people in your history and my history, things that they did were just frankly heroic and they should be remembered for.